Hey everybody, Francesca here reminding you that I will be in Sacramento at the SAC Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. with none other than Matt Lieb. That's right, we are co-headlining. It'll be super fun. It is St. Patrick's Day, so I guess we're all drinking, maybe? Anyway, get your tickets. There should be a link in this description, and I hope to see you there. It's a certain type of personality that's being drawn to him in particular who are just like... Like the people who like Elon Musk and use words like disruption and, and Elon and Musk that. reply guys are the fucking it's word. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast live stream special bonus episode all about. New York! Squibbity-bee-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squibbity-squ
when I was part of an NYCLU lawsuit for being arrested in the 2004 RNC. And I wore a shirt, I spoke at the podium and <laughs> I think I was on New York One. It was like the second time I was on television. The first time, yeah, first time I was also arrested. This is the second time. And I wore a shirt that then had a sticker on it that had an upside down elephant and mm. said police state on it, like an upside down Republican elephant. Cool. And, um, and yeah, and I was, and I just yelled like shame on Michael Bloomberg. Cause fuck that guy forever and ever. Remember these were the, during the mass arrest. But since then I left New York, you know, moved and uh, generally became a happier person. But <laughs> I do believe the people of New York deserve better representation. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to talk about de Blasio. I want to talk about Cuomo. I want to talk about sort of what, what the biggest issues uh, uh, are right now. And this mayoral race which Andrew Yang is jumping ahead in. Yeah, he's going full Yang gang on it. Yeah, people are very excited for their. their everyone's joining that Yang gang, and uh, it's a problem. Rats and pigeons are split on uh -huh. this. Rats and like, pigeons are split. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pizza rat, all for Yang gang. But uh, <laughs> uh, bread necklace pigeon, he's uh, he's undecided. <laughs> Red necklace pigeon is the best meme ever. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, it's just a pigeon just wearing a, a piece of white bread as a necklace. Yeah, it's the most dead. badass pigeon you've ever seen. I feel like that pigeon is from San Francisco, but anyway, could be. I could see that. That's just me wanting to claim some kind of fame. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about this and let's bring in for the discussion for this special bituation room episode, which you can get by becoming a patron. Uh, Patreon.com slash bituation room. Uh, again, this is how you support this show that is free until we get some kind of sponsorship. Uh, he's a New York-based uh, activist, specifically Queens-based activist, works with Athena Group that is currently challenging a lot of Amazon shenanigans, also on the board of Jews for Racial and Economic Justice, and the co-host of the podcast, Jesus Loves, Linda and Raph, as in Linda Sarsour, who's also been on the show. Please welcome Raphael Shimanov. I, hey. I really rushed to go get like bread to wear as a necklace as you put into <laughs> me. And then just through the whole episode, I just want to eat it around the circumference while yeah. we're chatting. Just but a giant. There need to be larger slice bread situations, like just joke bread. Joke bread specifically for necklaces. That's what you're hoping for. I, this is what Pee Wee Herman was so good at. Like just like <laughs> giant pieces of toast and mm -hmm. like a giant getting a giant, you know, uh, knife and butter to spread the butter and the jam. That shit's hilarious. That was what he hilarious. was good at. That was what he was known for. That and bicycling <laughs> and dancing to tequila. Yeah. And uh, jerking off in uh, ah, a theater. Why do we got to bring that up? That was a the long time ago. Again, so yeah. Theaters are opening. opening. Paul yeah. Rubens will be the first one there. <laughs> I feel like he was canceled before canceling was a thing and i'm gonna go on record and say unfair it was a it was a it was a jack theater you go there to jack as a couple we raf i don't know if you've had many conversations about paul rubens but we've resuscitated paul rubens from mm -hmm. the bin of cancellation yeah, yeah. and we say we uncancel if, if it's a jack off theater which I don't know, Jack Theater? Yeah, I mean, I just... What are, what's a Jack Theater? You know what I mean. It's a theater where you watch porn and Jack. Yeah, if you're watching porn, like, it, it, yeah, anyway. Listen, you should do it at home, but it was clearly, it was a sting operation to arrest people for no reason other than to boost stats, and they caught Paul Rubens in Juking it. Juking the stats. We've They're seen the, the wire. Stats. We've seen the wire. <laughs> the tragedy of what you're doing is 
most people forgot about that. And in your <laughs> defense of him, you just keep reintroducing it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, we've thought he's yeah. been trying to leave it behind for many years now. But yeah, we but, will never forget, Paul. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I rented out a, a billboard on Sunset that says <laughs> I forgive Paul Rubens for jacking off in the in the theater that time. Sometimes you gotta jack, is Some, what it says. Back in the day, that's where you went to go. Oh, that was the designated All right. area for a jack. Yeah, I mean, come on. Raph, so good to have you here. You know, you, so uh, I, I want to initially talk about Cuomo and, you know, as, as the sun, as it, we sun, sun setting on one, sun rising on another New York candidate here, New York politician or not politician, mm -hmm. but just off the bat, you know, there have been now seven, or I believe even today, there's eight allegations against Governor Cuomo for sexual misconduct and or assault. You've got the nursing home scandal. You've got people uh, up to, you know, Schumer and Pelosi saying that he should resign. I mean, Pelosi says, look within your heart, which I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> you know, that means no comment. Come on. I mean, yeah. She's just like, uh, I still worry about I've getting destroyed. I've been told there's a heart somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, if you can find it, look yeah. within it. But what are your thoughts on, you know, Cuomo says he won't resign. They're apparently, actually, he's he's slipping with voters as well. He was like, oh, the voters elected me. But he's slipping. Um, what are your thoughts on Cuomo at this point? I mean, the challenge with Cuomo throughout his long career as governor and and is that we who do the politics stuff, who organize people who work at community organizations, people who are working at anything like teachers and, and, and essential folks around the state know about Cuomo and have known about him for a long time. And his, mm. his corruption and his bullying and toxicity predates this quite a while. In fact, um, his first thing into politics was as a campaign person for his father where yeah. he was known and he's from Queens too, like me. And sorry, we have Trump and now Cuomo, like, you know, it's just like a little I much. But we also Queens, it's a big borough though. You, you share it with a lot of very good yeah. people. Yeah. And um, he, he's known really for, for doing this campaign against Ed Koch, who was oh, yeah. rumored Don't vote to be for... gay at that moment. And yeah. uh, there was flyers that supposedly he put up saying vote, uh, Cuomo for the homo vote Cuomo. Yeah. Wait, so, stop stepping on the line. What? This was his first little like, you know, like little kid introduction. Like, hey, don't vote homo, vote Cuomo. Yay! But literally, like, just like flyering people like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's fucking terrible. Ever since then, it's been like back to back to back. Like, if you, the way I would describe him, I used to. So I struggle. I came into a neighborhood when we moved. In Queens, it was a largely Italian neighborhood, and it became browner and browner, and a lot of the Italians, like, moved out, <laughs> and some of them stayed, right? So, like, there was, like, one figure in my life who was called Machenza, and she was, like, this three-foot old-school, like, it's okay. And, she can uh, say that she's Italian. Yeah, exactly. So like we're at this point where a lot of people are like, I want to say he's like a mobster, but that's like this stereotypical trope thing. And right. I don't want to do that. And I know Machenza would have called him that, but, but also <laughs> I like, feel like what Machenza can. Machenza yeah. can. Right. But 
I don't know if I can say Machenza would have, but, but um, I mean, I feel like the mafia has way more class. <laughs> absolutely. So that's the, like, yeah. as I thought about it more and spoke to more people, it's, it's more like he's like this phenomenon. If you put Kramer and mm -hmm. George Costanza in a room yeah. and they just, they come up with ideas and that's Cuomo. <laughs> <laughs> like if you go down the list like literally it's like episodes for seinfeld like yeah um, he's got the bad ideas of george costanza and the just dumb luck of kramer yeah. like falling ass backwards into a bag of money right. and uh <laughs> also you know telling people he's an architect when he's not like like we have the second worst outcomes in the nation jerry we have a plan. We're going to write a book about how we have the best outcomes. It's going to be a coffee table book. We have this great idea, you know, and it's, it's, it's remarkable. He's like a con artist. Like before yeah. his reelection campaign, he literally took the native American name off of a bridge, mm. the Tappan Zee bridge and took it off to put his quote unquote father's name, which happens to be his name right before for election time like it's yeah. just like that's something they would concoct in that room together i heard also one of the things that he did was when the working families party first um didn't endorse him and endorsed another candidate he created a fake third party called the women's uh electoral party or something women's like that party, yeah. yeah women's equality party which on a ballot, you would see a candidate uh, supporting, um, you know, the uh, Working Families Party, WFP, and under it, WEP, and they look remarkably similar. And it was a way to trick people to not voting for the Workers' or, Family Party or a woman. candidate. Yeah, or a woman. Yeah, yeah against a woman to vote for yeah. a man on that party. The, the, so I worked at Working Families Party during that time. Yeah. And um, it, it is a wild story where... It's another like Kramer George concoction. Like we're gonna create this new ballot, and we're gonna trick people <laughs> into voting next to the WFP party. And we're gonna tell them to vote for a man. You know, like it's it's just like this constant, um, uh, just onslaught of like idiocy. Like he did this. Yeah. The first thing he did after COVID was um, make our people who are in prisons do slave labor to like make hand sanitizer. Right. And then right. we found out they couldn't even, he couldn't even manage that. And what they did was they faked making the hand sanitizer. They outsourced the hand sanitizer. And all they did was put labels on the hand sanitizer to show that they made it. Made in an American prison. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Made it Rikers. What? It's, so so when yeah. with the rise and fall, now we're on the other side of it. He has yet to resign. But what are like what were you feeling during his whole like rise to fame? And how was his failures around COVID uniquely about him, his failures and his corruption generally? Like were you and, and sort of were you surprised by them? I mean, I'm always constantly surprised at how he doesn't fall or hasn't fallen in the, and fell in the past. And part of that, I believe, is just like New Yorkers are just like working and walking and and you can't really get through to each other without like a bumper sticker. And mm -hmm. a lot of these people, they benefit about like headlines and bumper stickers from Andrew Yang to Andrew Cuomo and others. Like they just benefit. If you can't put it on the bumper sticker, no one's like listening. And um, I think he survived that and he's been really kind of idiotically good at at the bumper sticker war but now like the you know assaulted woman 
is finally like a bumper sticker on, you know, unfortunately as a bumper sticker it's yeah. finally one that works that people will pass by a newspaper and just see that and then the numbers will go down right you just got to get the post on board and, and they just, love anything minimally salacious even as though long as it rhymes yeah yeah they yeah. yeah they need some alliteration they need some rhymes mm-hmm. yeah but the, tawdry um, turkey and then you're just like the post signifies oh. like this like unity between all of the ideologies in New York against both de Blasio and Cuomo. But right. um, with Cuomo in particular, he's now being handed um, like, you know, p- papers by his aides that they know have nothing to, that's going to upset him. So they give him like Scientific America. And recently Scientific America had an article saying Cuomo should resign, written by Dr. Stephen Thrasher, mm. who, who's an amazing uh, professor here. And uh, that's the we're at this name. point where it's just coming from the walls, like it's just crumbling around him. Yeah. And I mean, right. And this is months after him either wanting to run again mm-hmm. or wanting to run for president. Um, are and- there are there no term limits on governors in New York? Is that how it works? He can, yeah, he can, he could, he could continue forever and then they could change laws like they've done it with mayors too, like in emergencies wow. and like Bloomberg and, yeah. and others. Yeah. So what, what are your predictions from here? Um, first of all, I mean, like, I, I guess I think that what's some, one thing about Cuomo that I never understood was how he's overseen and done so many backdoor deals with Republicans in in the state Senate and the state and, and the state legislature. Um, Jerry, and- I have this idea. <laughs> we have a triple blue state, but we need power. So we're going to make a deal with the Republicans and then we're going to cut out all the Democrats and we're going to deal with just Trump Republicans. And this way we control the mm-hmm. whole state. And, and he was funded during that moment. Cuomo was funded by Trump Republicans. He wow. still is in many ways. Wow. To thwart more progressive Democrats. Yeah, and, and this is a really good lesson uh, uh, for the country right now because what happened in New York, with it's called the IDC. They were called like the Independent Democratic Caucus, and they would okay. caucus with Republicans and they would plan. So, so nothing passed. We had a triple blue state, governor, assembly, like everything blue. And we were able to now, like our dreams can come true. We can fund, we can tax. We have one million millionaires in New York. We can start wow. taxing them, maybe. You know, we have a million millionaires, and um, and like that all came to a crashing halt because Cuomo's there as an enforcer to like prevent yeah. progress and to water it down. So um, he kind of, you know, what you do is you just find the weakest Democrats who are like in the in the middle, and you just shower them with gifts and shower them with funding. And the same thing is happening now with federally with. Um, with the eight Democrats who are now going to be doing this for Biden, where Biden can say, oh, my hands are tied. I can't do this because of these eight Democrats. And then they're yeah. going to get funded from both sides. Up yeah. There, you know? yeah. So it's a good model for if you're sort of a centrist establishment Democrat. Who doesn't want to do anything. Doesn't want to actually do anything. No fundamental change allowed. It's a great way to have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah, but they lost. Like it was a struggle, but we organized around them, um, and mm-hmm. we had state legislators who challenged the IDC and won. And yeah. um, a lot of that is connected to the, you know, I guess like I would I would describe it as like the poor people's movements in New York, who are member led organizations. Like you guys volunteered with one of them, make the road, 
at mm. any one point. And we did. We all saw each other in person in uh, in, in Nevada. Yeah. Last about a little bit more than a year ago. Take me back. Yeah. During um during a time when it just looked like we had the world by the balls. You know, we we like Bernie won. Uh, there was a rainbow that spanned like all of Nevada after it, it was just like this gorgeous day. Yes. And we're like, you know, Joy Reid is I going on MSNBC. I was drinking vodka sodas at a slot machine, yeah. like just yeah. happy that we had won in, yeah. in Nevada. Like, anyway, yeah, I, I shout just, out to Make the Road. Yeah. Joy Reid was on MSNBC going, you know, maybe I've misjudged Bernie. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was just like, wow, this it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> And then South Carolina happened, and then COVID happened, and then, uh, you know, that's all she wrote. Jesus Christ. What a fucking year. What a but wonderful before time, though. Mm. It was a good, there was a good month somewhere. I don't good even know month. if it was good. It was just less bad. Yeah. But, Raph, I think that's so fascinating. So do you feel like Cuomo's like this final piece that if and when he goes, first of all, concretely, if he resigns, what happens? I mean, then the uh, deputy becomes, you know, uh, Hochul becomes governor. And, like, there's no way that she would, like, be elected after that. Like, there's just too much baggage with the thing and there's not enough of the support around, around so, her. So it does really open it up for really anybody. How, how much longer does he have in his term? Two years, I believe. Yeah, like it's that. it's not much, but that's what the argument some like more conservative Dems are making. Like, why don't we just let this play out? But it's two end. years. That's that's hella long. You could do a lot, especially now because of Biden. There's a lot of money coming in finally for COVID, and mm -hmm. he's famous for basically if it says 200 million for schools, he's famous for using that for like tax breaks for the rich instead. You know, so he right. he's in this critical moment where he could really prevent a lot of our recovery. And we, you can pretty much guarantee he's going to just by just via spite. Like he oh, is sure. the most angry, just to shore up spiteful. support. Yeah, it's a short support, but just to burn it down on his way out. I think like he's going to try to obviously still get reelected or whatnot, but he also will like if the walls are coming down, he's taking us with him. The establishment around him, which is shrinking, is so desperate right now. They compared him both to the Central Park Five wow. and to Emmett Till. Because wow! Of white, because they're white women oh, the support. Who, are, who are accusing him of <laughs> wow. I heard the Emmett Till thing, which is already, if you haven't heard it, apparently uh, Cuomo is being treated just as bad as Emmett Till. That's what when his it comes people like said? the Italians was it, it had to do with like anti-Italianism or some shit too. It's, oh my! Yeah, God. it's drawing back because a lot of the accusers were white women because Cuomo likes to hire white women. Right. And uh, and make make sure they wear heels. Apparently, according to all the reports, um, just like Emmett. That that yeah, alone, like these white women. I feel like a few years ago, that alone, just that comparison alone, would have been enough for people to be like, "You need to resign." Well, it wasn't him; it was like supporters of him. But oh, still, his supporters. It's, it's, yeah, he, uh, he like, didn't yeah, actually surrogate. say it. Yeah. Who his is the surrogate? Yeah, the exactly. surrogate saying it. it and what's the hmm. Central Park Five? Central Park Five. There was another comparison made by one of his surrogates, and like wrongfully um, accused by white women right. type thing. Yeah, again. Jesus Christ! Wow, man, just 
who doesn't want to bite off or just have a lick of the old oppression popsicle? I feel just like, yeah, seriously though. I, I just, the world is call it, you know, they call it cancel culture, but really they're just trying to get their lick in, man. Yeah. There's a fast melting ice cream cone yeah. and they, they think that it's gonna It's real sweet. Somehow they think being, you know, being marginalized and brutalized well, it's it's is one, really yummy. It's the one they want to lick. It's the one tool that they don't have in their toolbox. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to use it anyways and see, just see what happens with it. I'm and uh, that what, old Italian man. I'm not yeah. part of, as we, we've talked about on the show, I'm not part of the political, what are the insiders? Yeah, I'm not, the part, club. Of the, yeah. I'm not part of the club. Like, Motherfucker, your dad was governor of New York for three terms. Brother, the club. His brother uh, who I'm arguing with via DMs because yes. he won't recuse himself. Like he has the number one slot on CNN, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's basically saying, I'm going to do this, Chris Cuomo, I'm going to do this brave thing where I'm not going to report about my brother because that would be, that would be biased. So I'm not going to, we're not going to report on primetime CNN about wow. my brother at all. Like versus no. stepping so when aside. that first, when that first came out, I, I talked about it on TYT a little bit and I, I would like, didn't register it. And I was like, okay, I guess that's good. But then I remembered, you know, I used to work for Al Jazeera and Al Jazeera covered like the deaths surrounding the World Cup construction of stadiums. Um, and before they covered it, there was like, you know, full disclosure, as if anyone didn't know, Al Jazeera is funded in part by the government of Qatar. You mm -hmm. know, like, anyway, here's the story. And it's like, yeah, you name the conflict of interest, but you still but you have still to report. talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that he's hiding behind like uh, journalistic integrity for not reporting the news the national news story about his brother because he's like well there's a conflict of interest is like just the darkest turn into like this orwellian hellscape that cable news has become where we're like oh oh we're going to convince people that it is uh integrous to do fake news now and, yeah. and and it just brings up the fake news smear again and you go there's something to it there's something to being like CNN, your fake news because <laughs> they're not real. They're, they're not, not yeah, always they're, real. They're not always doing real news. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what you call that, but uh, yeah. No, fake news was hijacked just like everything else was hijacked right, by Trump. Course. Just like, you know, the system is rigged was hijacked. Right, exactly. It's like hijacked because on the left, we're not capturing the imaginations. And so there's, there's no... There's the elephant. There's nothing described of what they're feeling, and then anyone can just come in and just grab that and say fake news, fake news, and and we have inoculated yeah. folks about like, well, here's capitalism, and here's that right. works, and and then but. But the situation in the state legislature, and I want to move on, obviously, to the city. But the situation in the state legislature, in terms of the seats that were flipped. Uh, to a more progressive Democrat is a huge win for movements there and for people who want real change and getting these moderates out. And so ostensibly with a better governor, you've got yourself a pretty good legislature coming up. Yeah. And the, like the, the big warning to the country too, is we, when we replaced the IDC, the people that Cuomo, the cronies that worked for Republicans, we didn't do it with like the advice of the centrists who are always like, you got to find someone that's kind of Republican to mm, replace them. Right. No, we found like the boldest, like wildest, like left Democrats who, who replaced yeah. them in every neighborhood and then re uh, re controlled 
the party, right? And and I can see that nationally too happening. So in New York, once if he's out, it is I I swear there will be more celebration in the streets than there was after Trump law. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it's interesting the comparison to Biden because like, you know, my mentor Max Albaum was saying, you know, he, he basically used Cuomo as an example of someone who is worse than Biden, mm -hmm. although Biden's trying to bite off the playbook. But he was like, you know, Cuomo's unmovable. Like Cuomo is up is so far up his own ass and does not listen. And Biden at least even pretends to listen. But there are actually concrete uh, cases in which Biden did listen. Um, there's a couple of those banning fracking in the Delaware River Basin, even the Violence Against Women Act that required a certain amount of listening, even if he wasn't the one to spearhead it. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, good riddance. Uh, if he does resign, I don't know. These are the people who I just want to like, this is so sad, but you're like, I don't know what your future is going to be. Just like Trump. It's like, just go to the memory hole, like go people, you know, it'll be pleasant. Some kind of just like, just go yeah. away leave i think as far as i as far as i know and this is the last thing i'll say about it is that um uh it, resigning is i think gonna go the way of the dodo when it comes to uh political resignations there used to be a time where people resigned they resigned either for legacy purposes or they design uh resigned because they just felt embarrassed and like the pressure was on and they caved to it. I think those days are done. I think we are not going to see resignations happening, especially from anyone with any reactionary tendencies at all or any kind of right wing thing. They will never resign again. Well, that's again. the problem is it is a right wing playbook and Cuomo's playing by it. Yeah. And, and on some because the right wing playbook is always deny, 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 deny. Mm hmm. And then you never really get caught. And there we don't actually have consequences for we those don't. folks. Yeah. So then they just kind of get off scot-free. Yeah. I mean, I've heard Fox News anchors laugh at the way that Al Franken resigned. Yeah. Be even though they know their own party participates in the same disgusting behavior, yeah. if not way worse. But I think we've, we're have we going to see the end of that. I don't think we're going to see that anymore, which leads to a, an issue of like, there is no accountability then for these kind of quasi political despots anymore people who have lost the confidence of the people other than like a long protracted recall vo vote battle and like we just don't welcome to california so this is our this is what so we're going through now so we don't actually have i think any infrastructure in place to deal with this anymore and uh i think it's going to be a real weird time in politics i think we're going to see uh no more resignations and uh people yeah i mean i, I feel like we should be prepared for our institutions to really continue to fail us. And, uh -huh. and also like we have to unlearn this idea where we're a lot of us when we vote, even including me and my friends, we try to like game our votes and things yeah. like try yeah. to outthink the process versus just voting from our heart. And if yeah. we just all just just voted from our heart and just agree that we're going to do that, we would be in a really different place. Yeah, because, it's um, true. Dennis everyone, Kucinich like, would be president by now. A lot of them are saying the same things, right? Like, yeah, I know. I, it really makes the argument of person you like or bust kind of feel like the right move because you look at Cuomo and you go like, what is, what is the material difference here? And it's like, 
you know, not much. It well, really isn't. The whole, I mean, I think the biggest thing is getting over and what you said it, it success, successfully happened in the New York state legislature, which was stop the fear mongering around the moderates and the, and stop moderates from being able to fear monger the constituents that you can actually win over on a positive platform rather than a, aren't you afraid of the Republicans platform, but moving into you know, actually another another position in New York that has been bipartisan, but has been hugely dominated by name recognition, a la Republican Michael Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the mayor, the mayorship, the mayor, mm-hmm. the mayor's office is up for the taking. Mm-hmm. The primary is in June. So it's like tomorrow. And then is it in no is the, the, the November vote? Is that when the vote is? Jesus Christ, the election is like right now. And there are a number of people uh, in the race. And and just again, I've been so out of it. De Blasio can't run again or he's not running again. I can I make it? No. <laughs> he wants it. He's actually floating governorship, which everyone laughs to his face with. But a lot of consultants around him are very happy to nod their heads and get that paycheck. Get that money. Oh my God. Well, tell me, Raph, because I've been out of New York. New York. I mean, and I keep up with some of my friends a little bit about de Blasio, but there was a lot of expectation when he came into office that has not borne out. And I think a lot of it was imploded during his response to the BLM demonstrations over the summer. But what is your like assessment, your postmortem on this administration? So I actually helped on his campaign when he first ran. Like I was in with the Kool-Aid and everything. And he used to actually work at Working Families Party, too, which oh, is like yeah. the left third party in, in New York. And um, and specifically Working Families Party like does it in a way where they pressure Democrats to go left versus being spoilers uh so right. like, there's no like spoiling they're just more real estate on our ballots and mm-hmm. a person can can appear twice and um or three times if you're a woman's equality party and um <laughs> he uh which actually when andrew did that it actually imploded and affected him but that's another story but so mm-hmm. but basically um he used to be there i i would sit at his desk where that he used to work in and there's like pictures of him sitting at that desk um, and he has this mullet and he's like seven foot five and everyone around me was just like poking fun at him. They would call him like big bird and all these things. And I would be like, that's not nice. Cause I liked the guy. Like he was saying all the right things. He came from our like movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and apart from some of the warnings that I got, which were really superficial warnings, but they ended up being true. Um, we were all down. Like we were, we were, we fought hard with him and he is really among i think the greatest betrayals um mm. on the left in new york ever where he just he's basically run by the police he's basically run by real estate and those mm. are our two biggest forces in new york uh that like just do whatever they want uh real he's like the and- lopez obrador of new york yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, but no, I, I, that's really interesting. Sorry, not to get super, but there are these places. I think being the president of Mexico is one of those places. Being the mayor of New York is another. That if you're not in bed with cops and real estate, mm-hmm. if you're the president of Mexico and you're not cutting a deal with narcos and the cops, mm-hmm. like it's hard. It's not an easy position. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be sympathetic, but I'm just trying to be honest about the fucking forces at play anyway keep going the cops, the cops doxed his daughter and he was his response was like thank you very much <laughs> like, <laughs> wow like, there's absolutely no um spine left in this person 
Apple. Damn. Like, um, uh, even in, like one thing we joked about was during when we were touring the country with uh, presidential candidates and supporting Bernie and then Warren and then everyone. Uh, um, one thing that was really funny is what de Blasio used to do. He would come at the tail end of a Yang event so that he can get pictures to look like people came to show up for him. And wow. it was like a common thing that like Yang supporters knew about and would like scurry so to prevent. And <laughs> yeah, it was, and, and it was it's unbelievable. Like, Don't let how, de Blasio in. Yeah. So just to what? Just to get on stage or just to take he basically take had no support. No right. one, you know, recognized him like he thought people did. No one uh, supported him. Basically, it was just like a consultant-driven mirage um, of a campaign. I don't know what he was doing there, but he might do it again with government. He would just get up there and be like, I agree with Bernie. And like that's the only reason I liked him. <laughs> I was yeah. like, fine, I guess. Please. I mean, it's, if it prevents Tom Steyer from talking and, you know, and Buttigieg, <laughs> I'll take it. I will take listening to de Blasio over Buttigieg any day. But I know, no, what's so like, I know it's a lot and we're, we're trying to get into it all, but like, what about a good legacy? Like, did he, what, what good things did he leave? What the things he did was the first thing that he did, which we actually did a lot of pre-work as the, the left kind of electoral and, and um, community movement in the city, the coalition. And that was like universal pre-K and he immediately right. jumped in with that and that changed a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And um, and he still touts that it's kind of pathetic because it's literally the first five minutes of his campaign. And he's still only talking about that because it's really <laughs> the only thing that no one can argue with. That He supported that and it happened and everything yeah. else is just mired in fakery. Yeah, it seems like that is a running theme with politicians that end up disappointing us is um, they spend, you know, uh, the campaign talking about, you know, like gaining the political capital to win and then pass one thing and then immediately are like by grassroots organization. Yeah. That wasn't bye. even his idea necessarily to begin with. No, but it's like something to tout. Cause you yeah. think, all right, now the left loves me forever. And let me get into the pocket of the real estate cartels or the uh, police cartels. <laughs> They're all cartels. So, okay. We have to then move to the, now the current slate. And I know you've spoken out about Andrew Yang and tweeted some really excellent sort of, very searing critiques of his campaign. Um, but you initially he starts running and um, Andrew Yang, he's got the name recognition, which number one already puts him ahead of his, of, of other opponents that I, I do want to talk about. I kind of want to talk about like your, who you would vote for and who, who you're excited about. But in terms of Yang, you know, he did grow up North of New York, I guess in upstate or, Westchester or some shit. Where did he grow up again? Yeah, I've he, clearly he done my up, research. It's it's really hard to place because they are going to obfuscate everything. But yeah, like just outside. And then his wife is from Queens, so that's legit. So yeah. I can't ever hate on on that. But yeah, but yeah there is a little bit distance, not only in geography but also in like as you saw with like his videos and how he talks about the city. There's a little bit like I call him like the AI mayor candidate. Seriously, right? so he's sort of just like you know, an algorithm of like right, right, adjusting right. and readjusting. And here I am holding a donut. I am right. Yeah. Like it. Let's play, let's play a little bit of that. Actually, this is from his bodega, uh, his first time at a bo 
Well, his first attempt at a bodega promo. This was the first promo I saw him do when he was running for mayor. It was the first time I heard about it. And I was like, oh boy, this is going to be a fun campaign. Okay. All right, here we go. I support the green tea. Breakfast, breakfast the champions, some green cheese, a banana. How you doing, bro? A banana, healthy. A banana, healthy. <laughs> this is literally my favorite part. So he tries to pick off one banana, cannot, and then just picks up the whole thing. 14,000 bodegas, so much. I love bodegas. And we got to continue to stay open and do their thing. It's like CBS. A large bill. <laughs> says keep the chain. Forgets the bananas. Forgets the bananas on the table. <laughs> Can you imagine a, a New York City without bodegas? I can't imagine. Let's not have to. All right. Just the needs potassium. <laughs> keep the change and here's some potassium. Yeah. <laughs> keep the change and, and the bananas. It's really important. So that's so. Here's what I will oh. say about Yang is. He's so cringy, it's almost relatable. Is that is that a thing where it's like he's so painfully uh, trying yeah, that you're has, like, I get it. He has so not everyone can be cool. Yeah, he has so little charisma, he reminds people of themselves. And he's just like, you're like, yeah, that's a real guy. I mean, yeah, exactly. It, obviously, that's, I don't think that's why people really like him. But I'll, I can't think of why they really like him then. I mean... I think like if you elevated, if other candidates who are running like Diane Morales or Scott Stringer or Maya Wiley had this like uh, pedestal because of some previous thing, we right. would also be kind of finding elements about their personality that sure. would you know, either endear us or this or that. And um, and in their cases, mostly endear us. And, um, and we don't really have that opportunity because he's sucking the air. Right, wow. and this is the interesting point in New York, which in California we've had it in different cities. We've never had for like a hundred years uh, ranked choice voting. Yeah, this is the first election with that in our lifetimes, and uh, everyone's trying to figure out like how do we game this? How do we play nice? How do we, you know, depending on where you're coming from? And I feel like Andrew is gaming it in a way where he's dividing and conquering because. The value of him right now is his name recognition. So he's sharing his name recognition with the smaller, you know, the other candidates. And they're sort of like posing with pictures for him and it's just elevating Ooh. Andrew. And they're yeah. and dividing them when they should be coming together right now as a slate and being mm -hmm. like, vote for us as your top three. Yes. And, yeah. and, and really together go after Andrew. And they're doing the opposite. And yeah. it's, yes, indeed, that it's dangerous. That is exactly what you have to do if you are progressive in in a in an open, I mean, in this ranked choice voting. So just to go over Maya Wiley, uh, senior vice president at the New School and uh, Henry Cohen, professor of urban policy and management, was a former former counsel to Bill de Blasio. Um, Scott Stringer, New York City comptroller, who is also a front runner. Maya Wiley is a front runner. And then uh, Adams. Right. And we have uh, Diane Morales. And sorry, yes, and I was talking about frontrunners, but yes, Diane Morales, Brooklyn native, single mother, former public school teacher, um, has run multiple nonprofits, uh, running on housing for all, defunding the police, taxing the rich, investing in public infrastructure. Super dope. I read a great article in, in these times about her, um, you know, 
but the front runner, I mean, Maya Wiley seems to be a front runner and Stringer is a front runner. It seems, I mean, they've all met their, like, I guess there's a can, a, um, what is it? A matching fundraising, uh, goal that you have to get to get some city funds for your campaign, I guess. Yeah. Um, they're all reaching that in different degrees right now. Diane has like an advantage in terms of how many local, how much local money she's getting and, you know, just to put Diane in context to all of all of these candidates, I've worked with Scott Stringer, who has been kind of an incredible ally to like left movements and immigrants mm. and mm-hmm. stuff like you wouldn't really picture it. You would see him and stereotype him as like just white dude who's going to just screw us, screw people yeah. and this and that. But he's really kind of like uh, legitimately put his neck out on the line, oftentimes before it was very popular, when it was risky and 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 stood with like movements um and and diana uh in addition like she's the one who who who's new on the scene but like in the interview when they're asking do you smoke pot and would you deregulate it she's like everyone's like nervously answering this like old ass question (laughs) i prefer edibles you know like nice (laughs) nice diane morales diane morales is awesome all right but the runway is so short. I mean, March, April, May, we have only a few months before this primary. Um, and then we will know, right? Then it'll still come down because the general isn't going to be ranked choice, just the Democratic prime or mm. the Democratic and Republican primary. Is there anyone on the Republican side who seems formidable? No. Yeah. They're all running as Democrats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like basically, Andrew Yang, like you, you were describing how your New York story was very much um, under Bloomberg. Yes. And the same people who were under Bloomberg and working for Bloomberg are now working for Yang. Um, Mm. It's like Tusk strategies and like that. And it's sort of like the same plan where he's 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 proposing himself as like meta political or or not right right like yeah. this post political basically you know businessman so he has no political experience just to remind everybody um and you you mentioned that like you know in a tweet that i loved where which was basically like look i have nothing against the yang gang um which i might differ with you on but <laughs> But but to look behind under the hood and look at who is actually running the campaign, despite some of his, you know, more progressive ideas like UBI, which really did put him on the map. In addition, and we can talk later about him being Asian American. Um, and I have a lot of thoughts on that. But what are your thoughts on like looking under that hood? What do you see when you open the hood of this campaign? So my initial thing, interaction with Yang has been during the presidential campaign and his supporter. So when I'm petitioning for Bernie, my initial reaction was like, there's a lot of like new young people who are involved in politics getting behind Yang. Yes. And what I noticed the difference between the Yang supporters and the Bernie ones and the rest was that they were very new to politics. So they were coming right. in and, you know, it was a lot of bro culture and all of yeah. this toxic stuff that was there, a lot of cargo shorts, like things like that. And, um, but they were like, earn, like not all of them, but a lot of them were like earnestly like, I care about people. And this man cares about people, and I want to help the person who cares about people. And that's yeah, it. I, I did. I, I had the same experience when I spoke to uh, some of my like younger friends who who were supporting Yang, and I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Well, Yang is someone who's going to try to give everyone a thousand dollars a month, and that's like that's a really good thing." And I was like, 
yeah, I mean, UBI is important, but I mean, have you seen the plan and all that? And they're like, nah, like everyone else is like a politician and is fake, but he's like real. And I was it, like, it, what, what are we talking about? It here? does feel, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, look, we know outsider status counts for a lot. Look at what the fuck we just went through uh, with Trump and we'll continue to go through. And, and so and that, the UBI argument, I think, was something that resonated with a lot of people. And I don't think he was wrong in terms of bringing it up as a thing it and worked as a gimmick it was like i'm gimmick. an outsider and i have one oh. thing yeah sure i've got a number of things yeah there's a jedi mind trick now because he took so ubi's imprinted in people's minds as this two thousand dollar a month thing right so yeah. what he did a thousand but yes campaign <laughs> is oh, a thousand so what he did for his new york campaign was rename it to just bi and basically reduce the number where it's not universal. It's going to be 500,000 of the neediest as defined by him. And then we did the math and it's basically a wage of 96 cents an hour. And if you add that up, that's like, it'll buy you a Metro card every month, like an unlimited Metro card. Every nice. Month. Hey. 20 bucks in your pocket. Like, Oh it's God, just make it free on the street. Yeah. Where again, the bumper sticker politics, they're like UBI. Yeah. And then right. when you say, well, but have you looked at yeah. the plan on his own website? It says it's $2,000 a year. That yeah. comes out to 96 cents an hour. And he wants to get rid of 15 and he wants to get rid of public services. And, and it's only more. for half a million people. Yeah. So uh, the net is a loss. Even at 96 right. an hour, it's going to cost everyone much more. And yeah, they're not in the pocket. So the also yeah. interesting thing about the people who run his campaign, they literally run his campaign Tusk strategies is that they aren't just Tusk strategies. They're also an organization called Tusk Venture Capital. And what mm -hmm. they do, this is where New York and California kind of meet because they're most famous right now for screwing California drivers. Um, huh. And they oh. were part of that. They were part of that action where they basically prevented the classification of app drivers. Being oh. And whoa, they, whoa, whoa, whoa. The people behind the the no on i can't even remember what Prop measure. 21 or yeah. 22 22 yeah they're now running his campaign it's the same like tusk like this like stranglehold of like tusk you guys are there. so fucked yeah we are the you guys are fucked yeah i'm those, sorry yeah you're we're we are fucked but so they're actually not only did they push like are they hired to do the consulting around those kind of things but they're actually personally invested as like investors in Uber, investors uh, in real estate here and stuff like that. Like they're personally invested and they have this candidate and they're advising him and it's a big mess, right? These, yeah, you, I mean, I didn't know it was the same lizard people. And now I'm like, <laughs> shit, that is, uh, that's tough. Cause you know, they were able to pass that proposition. I mean, uh, yeah. And it was just, it was surprising to us. The founder brags about that. It was just his kind of brilliant word. He's like on a tour bragging about this victory, saying it was like his brilliant wording around the question that tricked people into voting it that way. He like it was open about it. Yeah. I mean, and that was the thing. That was exactly what I, I had been saying the whole time, which is like in the in the same state where Bernie won the primary, won the California primary, people voted uh, for this proposition that, and did not uh, allow app drivers to get classified as employees. That gave a loophole specifically for right, specifically for, for, for these companies. For these companies, and and I said, you know, the only reason 
that this passed was because of ballot trickery. It was the language behind it made it seem like you were voting so they would get classified as employees and get benefits and all the things that it, I mean, no, it was I mean, yes and no. There was also just massive amounts of money poured into it. I mean, we were, the ad we were ruined. We, we get text messages like, yeah. hi, my name is Shauna and I'm an Uber driver and man, I right. need you to vote on this and just like, but that's endless. the trickery. That's the trickery. The I'm bumper talking stickers about. Again. Like they have yeah. the bumper stickers. We don't. Yeah. Um, so what is the, what is the left in New York as big as it is and as i know coalition based as it is who are the candidates there like coalescing around and is there a is there a sense that there's gonna be some sort of strategy for ranked choice i just my experience in san francisco is that um you know we had two top progressives to go up against london breed who ended up barely eking barely. out but won she won but um it it she almost didn't. She, we had a fighting chance much more than if ranked choice had not been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. In New York, when something is close, or even if progressives win by an inch, we're going to lose because it goes back to the machine for like court cases, challenging numbers, challenging ballots. Like, so we, we have to always win at such a large level. Right, uh, that we're it's unquestionable. It's like being yeah. immigrants; like you just have to like you have, you have to, to be get, undeniable. To work three Too times as hard, like to get yeah. to, on the same on the same register. So, I, I'm not. Unfortunately, I'm not seeing what I would like to see on the left in New York, where mm -hmm. there is this coalesce, coalescing and like unity ticket beyond this and to like really fight him on and create spectacles because he's out there everyone is like uh doing things virtually because of covid he doesn't yeah. give a fuck he's knocking on on yang is very much out yeah. there and they're not creating the spectacle to even just get their names out you know what i mean but the movement is very much behind uh it seems like the scott stringer pop some a union is behind maya and yes. uh, like a real like the younger activist kind of types are split between like Diane leading and then with Scott Stringer as well. But those three, the other guy you mentioned who's a front runner, Adams, is a cop, you know, um, and he's going to do very pro police things. Mm. Yang really, there's so many red flags he sends to us. I just wish I could, if I sit down with every New Yorker for like five minutes, we could we could get through this. But like he opened his campaign with a guy uh, um, uh, Richie Torres, who is yes. like a new rep, who was used to be uh, in local government here, and he is uh, the most like sellout person you'll ever meet. And in his case, in particular, there's a letter in New York of all the mothers who lost their children to NYPD violence, basically saying he betrayed us. He looked at us in our face. He betrayed us. Do not trust this person. Mm. Um, and the first person, the, he, he serves the Bronx, which is among the poorest, most marginalized communities in the U.S. And, and, and if you measure certain things all across the world and he his first action as an elected rep there in, for, for, to Congress was to do events like pinkwashing Israeli annexation. That's right. Know, so like he, he's very much positioning himself as like the receiver of like all the dark money, all of the, all of the bad influence stuff. And, and Yang chose him, not, not because he's skilled or anything as a signal that uh, to all the bad guys, like this is, this is our dude. Mm. Um, yeah. And Yang has uh, 
kind of co- tried to cover that by by trying to do this libertarian thing where he's he's also like posing in pictures with lefty people and bringing mm. on some of those people and trying to position himself as as beyond politics and it, it, it's unfortunately i don't know if it's working because it's just his name but it is very dangerous it's a formula that's worked here before you know yeah i mean i wanted you to actually just give i mean before before you give a pep talk to anyone who is considering voting for yang i do just want to mention that he recently spoke at a press conference about anti-asian violence and uh his solution I'm not sure if it's better or worse, but it's in the same terrible vein as his first solution to anti-Asian violence that he put (laughs) out in the form of a an op ed in The Washington Post, which was to, quote, be more American. And that was his advice to Asians. Um, He says this was from the, that op-ed, we Asian Americans need to embrace and show our Americanness in ways we've never before. We need to step up, help our neighbors, donate gear, vote, wear red, white, and blue, volunteer, blah, 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 and do our everything we can to end the crisis. In in other words, um, don't wear such short skirts right, yeah. uh, so you won't get raped, mm-hmm. and uh, don't be so Asian yeah. <laughs> so you don't get hate-crimed. Right. Uh, which my friend and comedian Jenny Yang, who's been on the show, had a hilarious response to. She actually went out on a street corner and like just like waved a, an American flag, like, don't hurt me. <laughs> and um, he followed that up by saying, if he's elected mayor, he'll create a New York, an NYPD anti-Asian hate crime task force. And like the, the, the temperature of where we are is in like lower, like in the Asian communities, in the East Asian communities in New York, like in Queens and in lower Manhattan and parts of Brooklyn is like to dec- like decriminalize things, to like have these like solutions where we're investing in communities. That's like the, the forefront of the conversation. And he's going back to like more police when he himself took a tour in Queens mm. of um, uh, with like organizers of sex workers in Flushing. Mm-hmm. And we, they, he, he was shown how police brutalized uh, one person and many people, but one person in particular, um, the Yang Song story, where she was in the massage therapist thing. And then uh, they basically did a raid after like torturing her to become an informant Jesus. and Ugh. all of Jesus. these things. And she, she fell out, she jumped out a window during the raid and lost her life. And oh our local electeds in Queens gave him the tour. And Ron Kim, and he gave them the tour, and he was so moved that he agreed to decriminalize sex work, like fully, according to his public statement. But then he just keeps saying more cops for everything. And then also, yeah. like, as someone who's like Central Asian, um, it's just peripheral to me on like the especially the East Asian, like the attacks on East Asian. Mm-hmm. But it's also like as a Jewish person, Yang, uh, his his foray into like Jews was hey, here's an article. I'm going to outline all the four things that are important to you. Money. Yeah. yeah. Foreskin. Israel. Israel. Yeah. And police. That's yeah. basically his platform. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And it was just disgusting, right? Like, yeah. It's just like, if anyone else said this, they would be called, like, if a right, like a Republican said it, open yeah. it would say, you're anti-Semitic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no. yeah. It's like, here are a few of your favorite things, the anti-Semitic version, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Money and Israel and circumcision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That, yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, in terms of the cringiness that applies, it seems like it applies all around. And it seems like he will do anything for a little bit of clout. And he, um, you know, can try and speak the language. Another attempt at sort of a progressive point was this tweet um, where, you know, there's a you know plan to release a Green New Deal for uh, New York. What is it for New York, like city public housing, yeah. housing authority? Yeah. And and AOC responds, I wrote the original Green New Deal for public housing, which was written with NYCHA residents, advocates and building trades to create over three 30,000 jobs and, in the city and revamp public housing. This is not that plan. My original work is here. She links to um, the actual legislation. And then Yang responds in a tweet like, "Ooh, interesting. I'll look into this. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, double thumbs up. So he's sort of trying to say the right things, UBI or maybe just BI for half a million people. Um, You know, yeah, I'll decriminalize sex work. Yay, Green New Deal. Do you think he actually means any of it? I mean, I I, I think that's a really open question. Raph, what are your your thoughts? And what would you say to someone who's like, yeah, but whatever, innovation, let's do it. New thing. We need something new. Yeah, I have a lot of talks. Like I had befriended a lot of like the Yang folks, um, some of them are very uh, against him now, like super volunteers, people who used to work for him, people really? who reported his campaign for sexual abuse. And then he did an internal investigation and just shut it down, just like Cuomo's doing. And wow. like, uh, there's a lot of uh, secrets there. And there's a lot of Yang people who are in my DMs ever since that thread, and just like sharing me like on everything and saying like, why are there journalists talking about this? Here's the evidence. Why aren't journalists talking about that? Um, and <laughs> it's just like such a, it's like the way like to address like Yang folks is pretty like just be like, if you see that thread um, in the beginning when I'm like, it's an open door, they're actually like pretty reasonable and you can, yes. you know, you can, you can uh, have an exchange to them. And then they started to challenge him in that thread. They started saying, Andrew, is this true? Like, yeah. how can you do this? Is this true? And then he doesn't respond to them. Yeah. And it just kept happening and happening. And there's like people in that thread who were Yang supporters at the beginning of the thread. And at the end, you'll just watch like the how they change and they become not Yang supporters by the end of that conversation. The problem is like, how do we have these conversations with as many people as possible? And yeah. like, you know, and that's really like the, the the problem. Like he did the Green New Deal. He got the bumper sticker. Now people are like Green New Deal, Andrew, Andrew Yang. And mm-hmm. really like, you know, AOC's response, like there's not a bumper sticker, right? Like it just right. sounds like I did this first. What are you talking about? To them, yeah. they're just like, yeah. it, it, it's a certain type of personality that's being drawn to him in particular who are just like, like the people who like Elon Musk and use words like disruption and, and Elon Musk that. reply guys are the fucking it's worst. Crypto the people. They're, yes. they're just, it, it is it's funny because you know, crypto I, people are all also crypto fascists. You never really think about that. Not all the time. <laughs> Cri- I've known a few people who are into crypto who Ooh. are good people. I'm not a crypto person. I bought a little bit of Bitcoin. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm saying people who share constantly about crypto they're also crypto fascists and i think there's a connection there there is something about this thing where because they figured out like 
mechanical things that they're somehow experts in social things. Yes. yes. And in fact, in reality, their social things are a mess. Yeah. And completely. That, you know, like you know, Elon Musk, you know, like really? Like, yeah. <laughs> like how do you yeah. grow up in South apartheid at... South Africa? Your dad owned yeah, right. a diamond mine with children like <laughs> looking for right. gems. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, uh, you know, I grew up on an emerald mine, but I know a thing or two about, you know, <laughs> dealing with the social ills of society. And it's, like, it's also this this grip of of he's he's like a banker really like who yeah. created paypal and stuff like that yeah he's like cosplaying as an engineer like yeah there's yeah. a lot of these people like like even yang he, he never had a successful business this is like red hat blue hat now it's like yeah really clear like the grift is really really clear they're like, marketing you know, as as gurus the word, they're big marketing gurus. exactly as and it it doesn't have to be good it's math on a blue hat yeah Literally, that's it. And and the so like that's the other thing I'll say is that say what you will about these like BS sort of innovator disruptors, they're messaging pretty damn well, mm. and they're able to you know capture put the use the bumper stickers as you're saying, and um you know in overinflate themselves. And I think sometimes Democrats often because they're trying to protect fiefdoms of power yeah. are not good at drawing attention to themselves, mostly because they don't want their records to be investigated. Right. And so they're like, oh, man, maybe just don't, maybe just reelect me just cause. Right. Um, or elect me just cause. So the other thing I'll say though, is we will see, I mean, I really hope that he does not win the, the, uh, this primary and the mayorship, but I also think that we don't know who he's going to be until we see it. We have a pretty goddamn good idea that he'll be just as pro cop and just as, you know, he'll try again, innovate by actually, you know, obliterating bodegas and putting them all on like, you know, whatever robo wheels and, you know, getting them to outsource everything, outsource the egg sandwich. Um, that's what it feels like he's going to be, but who knows? Maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. I think that, that, that that's the question mark. I think is what's attractive to a lot of people is they're like, I don't know, maybe it's like, well, have you heard of Diane Morales or like Maya Wiley or Stringer? Yeah. Like, they're like, no, I haven't. <laughs> Cause once again, if you're new to politics, you're not really going to know who the comp troller is. Yeah. Nobody wants the mystery box. They've never heard of, you know, everybody like, wants the mystery every, no, no, everyone, you want the, the mystery box. That's famous. Like, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, cause Diane Morales is also a mystery box for people who don't know her. But right. they're like, nah, Yang's the cool Here's mystery. The thing with uh, Diane and the others, New York City already has a list of things that we need. And we've had it for decades. Right? Yeah. Like, for example, Cuomo sitting on billions of dollars that was sued to get back from him that he's stolen from public school. So it's tax money that people paid with their property tax, goes to the state and never came back to their school billions. You could look up your school. And you could like, I looked at my daughter's school and it's like, oh, $12 million. Like he just took oh it. Oh my God. And there's wow. a lawsuit that he lost that, and a settlement that he has to pay. And they just like, who's going to enforce it? You know what I mean? So there's, yeah. there's a very long list of what the, what, what society has already organized around what's needed in the priority order. And these candidates, Diana Morales, Scott Stringer, to some degree, Maya, are, are going to listen to that. They're going to, they use words like co-govern. You know, they mm. use words like, you know, those kind of words versus Andrew Yang, who's going to come in and be like, hey, just like his tweet. He says, you know what would solve the police crisis with the with, right. with Black Lives at the peak of Black Lives Matter 
uh, uprising. He said, call them guardians and make their uniforms pretty. That's literally yeah. what he said during his presidential yeah. campaign. Yeah. He's just going to go in and try to like be seen as this change maker. And this thing. he's going to throw out that list. Yeah. And Move to higher ground. Good of throwing out that list. This is not a, yeah. a playground for for like the for libertarians. The, of all the, the places that aren't playgrounds, but then again, New York. I mean, barely survived Giuliani. Barely survived Bloomberg. I guess has done a little bit better, but not great under De Blasio. I mean, the track record isn't good. I'm like. But no. you can damn I Andrew Yang will absolutely oversee the streets of Fifth Avenue turning into like gondolas when it all gets flooded by like climate change. Yeah. And then he'll be like, you know, free gondola rides. It's good. Yeah. We're innovating. Yeah. Universal basic gondolas. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thanks, Andy. Don't give him ideas, please. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do not. Yeah. This is, I mean, he's what's just, worse than a Seinfeld? The, the pod just writing out. I, mean, like, I would tell a Yang supporter, and I know there are listening here. Like, I would tell mm -hmm. them to go look at the Rubin Report interview with Yang and watch how yeah. he nods his head when Rubin Report and other right wingers that he constantly goes on. He goes on platforms with white supremacists. Joe yeah, Rogan on those platforms and <laughs> he he's nodding his head when they are saying things like, Hey, uh, so you're going to use this as like a Trojan horse, right. To like get rid of public services. You're going to use UBI. Right. And he's sort of just like, yeah, nod wink. And then yeah. I'll DM him and he responds and I'll DM Yang and he'll be like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to make it a big tent. I'm trying to get, you know, all it takes to get everyone's support, but really? Yeah. So Yang's DMs are open, you're saying? His DMs, uh, um, I don't know if they're open, but he followed they're... me during the campaign. And then I, when someone follows me, I, I put them you to DM. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're open to RAF. Um, just a counterpoint real quick. Um, uh, Joe Rogan is not a white nationalist. All right, let's go on. <laughs> Please make space to defend Joe Rogan. You know I'm not the, the Joe Rogan comparison is really important because Joe, like, yeah. I've listened to Joe for years. And mm -hmm. I've always come to the conclusion that if you can't convince Joe of something, you're going to lose the country just because I could at least agree that apart from the racism and the sexism and all of the, toxic the toxicity mm -hmm. around him, that he is often influenced by the last person he speaks to in a genuine yes. way. And yes. to me, like, that's like the best case scenario for Yang. The yeah. problem is the, all the people surrounding Yang are like the worst trash in the city, yeah. and um, and that's what's scary. And with with yeah. with, so it is like sort of like the Joe Rogan kind of aspect there. Yeah, surrounding that's himself with trash. So it's he's like the pigeon with the the little cutout bread yeah, around yeah. his neck. I go on Joe's podcast, or you go. He'll he'll like be talking like a socialist, and then if someone yeah. else will be going on, he'll sound like a like a like someone who wants to bring concentration camps back. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that's evil, but that is someone who has a huge influence and we're not, we don't have to talk about Joe Rogan, but who has a huge platform, whether it's Yang or Rogan or anybody, but who's actually not smart enough to be able to carry that platform and who doesn't actually have their own ideas, original or not, don't 
Don't make that little face, Matt. Matt's making a little. I'm not like, making a face. Matt's I'm just making saying, it like, Joe, if you're if you're out there, let me on your podcast. No, I but never listen to it. He's but, too dumb for me. But, but I Yang understand. Is not, these people are not smart. Like what I'm saying is they're not they, like Yang. Yes. Just sounds like he's yesing people to death because he wants to be liked, but he actually doesn't stand for anything. Mm-hmm. And what and he's like, oh, I'm open to innovation. Again, it's the Musk, it's the Yang, it's the Rogan, it's the like I'm open minded and apolitical, and I don't understand history very yes. well. And I don't actually have the, a really strong moral underpinnings, nor have I ever faced that much adversity in my life to really guide me towards mm-hmm. some moral underpinnings. Yeah. I think he uh, represents um, kind of the standard American dumb guy. And uh, and I don't mean that to denigrate all Americans as dumb, but I'm just saying the majority of people who like in which being taking a interest in politics is not really their everyday thing and i and all i'm saying is that some people use his dumb guy energy for good and some people use it for bad sure uh i do wish he would uh stand up to right wingers a little bit more and not uh platform them uh but that's just that's just my joe rogan no yeah yeah yeah. no that's but but i think we're talking about people in the same vein which is really interesting yes yes anywho uh raf this has been so enlightening and i i feel like i've gotten up to speed on the last 20 years of New York politics and I've been out of it. But is there anything else you want to add? Are there thoughts about like broadly your city and, and the state? What, what gives you hope right now? Um, slave made hand sanitizer. <laughs> so I'll give you something that's really hopeful. Yeah. So right now we have Jamal Bowman from the Bronx, a new squad member. Very yes. hell yes. Um, Jay Fridge was Jewish for racial and economic justice was really part of that team. And um, we're really celebrating that. And I'm just watching how he shows up legitimately and like, you know, is really exciting. But I wanted to say that there's another secret um, squad member in the making happening. So we had uh, (laughs) in Bay Ridge and Staten Island, we had uh, it's a it's a very mixed community ideologically. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of police live there and a lot of like people who are racist, live there. but also it's changing. And, um, and they elected, uh, we, we kind of took back that community with this guy named Max Rose, which the progressive move, he was like a veteran and he was in the middle and it was a mistake because he wasn't really progressive, but he, we, a lot, enough people fell for the idea that you know, a moderate person would do it. And so the movement fell in line behind him and he got surrounded by by the movement and th- they won. And the problem is he couldn't hold on because everyone hated him because he was kissing up, kissing Trump's ass. He was mm-hmm. doing like this militant stuff. He was, it was a real problem. So the right hated him because he voted once or twice on something that's like decently human, you know, moral. And mm-hmm. then the left hated him because he like betrayed our values with Trump and stuff. And he lost because in the, for the reelection, the movement wasn't there for him this time. But now the numbers there have changed. And there's this young woman, uh, Brittany Ramos de Barros. Yes. She's Afro-Latina, veteran, anti-war. Like her name is, she's kind of like semi-famous among the anti-war crowd. And she's making a move there that I really believe in. And I'm like early on, like just throwing down. And she's going to be 
the next squad member. And I think if people want to see another AOC out there, another Ilhan, another Rashida, another Jamal out there, and Ayana, um, this is the person to support and and bring up. And God knows we have a lot of people because right now the person who meet, beat Matt Rose, uh, Max Rose, is a Trumper, like a Q and non-Trumper. Yeah. Now Boy. she's a person. She's like the the anti squad in the in Congress. This right is Staten now. Island, right? Yeah. And I remember Max Rose a little bit. I I actually wasn't up on that he was beaten, but yeah, I've. That is great. Yeah, I Nicole really want to interview Britney. She is like literally Trump. She was like rah rah with the Capitol riots. Like she was just like Oy. incredibly um, dangerous person. And we're gonna unseat her. And you're gonna need the whole country uh, to to get behind this race and flip a seat from a QAnon Trumper to another squad member and grow that that team and that voice and the thing. So it's really a really exciting time right now. Nice. Now, uh, I, tell me her name again, Brittany Ramos de, ba de Barros. Yes. Amazing. Rafael Shimanov, everyone follow him at Raf Shimanov on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much for doing this. I love this in-depth conversation. Um, thank you so much, Matt Lieb, for being here. Hell yeah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, happy to be here. Uh, shout out to Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fuck you, Matt. All right. Um, all right, you guys, everybody be well. Remember, fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, and don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye. Bye.